when you're hot, you're hot. When you're not, you're not. All right, that was awesome. Y'all enjoyed that, Brother John? Give him another round of applause. He deserves it. Amen, amen. Well, I don't want to take up too much of your time tonight. We're going to try to move through this rather quickly, but those of you who know me know that I can get long-winded, so I'm going to try not to waste no, chase no rabbits tonight and just try to get to the point and get the message done. Amen. So this, this evening, if you've got your Bible, who's got your Bible? Go ahead and turn it to the love chapter in the Bible, which is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Amen. And we're going to be looking at a in a in a verse of that. How many of y'all here this evening are ready for Christmas? How many are ready to get all them presents that you're going to be getting? Huh? Kids, are y'all ready for all them presents? Y'all ready? Yeah. All the kids are ready for those presents. Amen. They're ready. Oh, Lizzie, she's ready for some presents. Amen. Yeah, Santa Claus going to come and everything else. All these other, I've seen everybody raise their hand excited about presents except the adults. Amen. We ain't too excited because we don't hardly get no presents no more. Amen. Not a whole lot. Every once in a while we get something, you know, but for most part us adults, we we don't really get no gifts on, on Christmas. But it, it, for us adults, it's, it's not about those presents and those gifts as we saw a couple of Sundays ago when Pastor Mark was up here unwrapping gifts and throwing the ones away he didn't want and all that. And, but us adults, we don't get all up excited about all them gifts and all the Christmas trees and the lights. Matter of fact, a lot of us adults, we start to stress out more when this holiday comes around. Amen? But the thing is, we need to stop and realize when we get to that point that, hey, we do got a gift, amen. God's given us a whole bunch of gifts, amen. There, he's given us so many gifts that we can't even count. I can't even count all the gifts I've got. Three of them are sitting in here tonight. I got three gifts that's greater than anything in this whole wide world to me, my wife and my kids, amen. I got a grandkid that I love to heaven and back. I got another daughter I love to back. I got all kind of family members. I got so many presents on this earth, I can't even count them all. Amen. I don't know if that's you tonight and that's what you think, but I'm so happy and thankful for all the gifts that God has given me. Amen. But as we look into this, this love chapter tonight, at the very end of it, in, 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 in verse 13, I think it's verse 13. We're going to see here that there are three gifts that the Lord has given us that are the greatest gifts of all on this earth. These gifts are eternal gifts. These gifts are going to be with us from now to the day we die. Amen. So y'all look in your scriptures tonight and let's read in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 13. It says three things will last forever. Faith hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love, amen. Brothers and sisters, these three gifts right here are eternal gifts, amen. Money can't buy them. Nobody can give them to you. Well, people can give them to you love. They can give you love. But it can't be uh, bought with money. It can't be 
uh, earned from somebody. Amen. Love is something that is just given. Amen. And God gave us all of these gifts. He gave us faith. He gave us hope. And He gave us love. This morning, what I or this evening, what I want to do is I want to talk to you about all three of these gifts here on an individual basis. And the, the first one I want to begin with this evening is faith. But before I begin talking about faith, let me give you the definition of faith. I looked it up in my study Bible, and this is the definition of faith that I found in the study Bible. It said, reliance, loyalty, or complete trust in God. Amen. Well, if, if you were to describe faith, is that what it sounds like to you? Relying on God, having loyalty in God, and trusting in God? Does that sound like faith to you? Well, if I was to put that into my own words, and, and I could just sum it up into one word, these three things, this, this reliance, this loyalty, and this trust, I would say believing in God, amen? Because if you don't believe in God, you can't have none of those in God. If you don't believe in God, you can't rely on Him. If you don't believe in God, you can't be loyal to God. And if you don't believe in God, you surely ain't going to trust in God. Amen? And I want to tell you something tonight right here. As sure as you're sitting in your spot right now, if you don't believe in God, you are not going to be saved. Amen? A lot of you agree with me on that. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8, and you can write these down and take a look at them later. I'm not going to wait because I don't have a lot of time. But in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, in the King James Version, it says, For by grace you are saved through faith and not of yourselves. It is a, a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now, I like the NLT version. It makes it a little more simplified for a an old country boy like me that can understand it a little bit better, it says this, God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It's a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. Amen? So basically, you cannot uh, say that you saved yourself. See, Paul sent this to the in a letter to the people of Ephesus trying to let them know that no matter what you do, any works you do, you cannot save yourself, amen? See, in that, today's world, a lot of the, the uh, religions are teaching that when you die and you go to heaven, if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, well, then you're going to get into heaven, amen? That's not right. And see, this is the reason Jesus was so hard on the Pharisees when they came in. They walked around, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these religious leaders, they walked around, and they wanted to make everybody think that they were so awesome because they followed the law to the T. They didn't uh, go off of the laws. No, from the time they woke up to the time they went to the bed, they followed those ever Mosaic law that was written. They did all the... The, the ceremonial rituals and all the, the, the ceremonial things, you know, the, the banquets and the feasts and all these things. And they thought as long as they did all this stuff, then they could be saved. Amen? 
It didn't matter if their heart was right. It didn't matter if they believed in God. It didn't matter if if they uh, did whatever God wanted them to do. As long as they followed these laws, then in their hearts they were saved. Amen. Well, Paul wanted these new Christians to know, hey, it ain't about that. Jesus has came. God sent his gift to us so he could die on the cross, pay for your sin, and he is the only way that you're going to go to heaven. Amen? You have to submit to him. You have to believe in his heart that he saved you by grace. Amen? It was his grace that got you saved. You don't deserve to be saved. You deserve to split hell wide open. Amen? Nothing you can do is good enough for God. You have to go to get down on your knees or sit in your chair and pray and ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and believe in Him or have faith in Him or you will not ever be saved. Amen? So we got that clear. You must have faith in order to be saved. Amen? Faith in Jesus Christ. So some of you may be sitting here, I got faith. I got faith. I'm, I'm, I go to church every Sunday. I pay my tithe. I do this. I do that. I've done ask Jesus Christ to come into my heart and save me. I do this. But what, what is it? How's your heart condition? Amen? Do you, do you really got your heart right on God? Do you look at some old girl walking down the street in some hoochie clothes and snarl your nose up to her? Amen? Oh, we got quiet. Do you look at some old boy that, that's got the big fancy trucks and boats and all that and say, I wonder what he's doing to get what he's got. Here I am working 50 hours a week barely getting my bills paid and they got all this and that you ain't right amen your heart ain't right it's just like today I told those late those at church I went to God loves everybody amen it don't matter if you're rich poor black white or what you weren't doing right when he gave you his grace amen and he saved you. Amen. So when we look at those people, we got to stop turning up our nose and we got to start thinking about how we can help them get saved. Amen. Because that day when, when Jesus came in Luke, you'll read it after it talks about uh, uh, the birth and all that and, and Mary, it goes on down and it talks about the, the guests that God went and sent a personal invitation to in the fields that day that were guiding their flocks by night. And it happened to be shepherds. Do y'all know what shepherds were back in those days? They were the lowliest of the low. They were looked down on. People would accuse them of stealing. People didn't look at them right. The religious Pharisees and all these guys looked at them and thought they weren't nothing. Amen. Because they didn't do all the ritual things and this and that, amen. But they believed in God, amen. They believed in Him with all their heart and God knew that, amen. They had faith in God. They had to have faith in God. They had to rely on their faith in God 
to be able to do the job they do because that was a hard job, 24-7, watching sheep. Bah, that's all they ever did. You had to go run after one and catch him and bring him back. You had to fight off wolves and all that. I don't know if, how you would do that job without having faith in God. Amen. So they had faith. So God gave them the only invitation to his birthday party. Amen. Jesus' birthday party. They were the only ones that got invited. You say, well, the wise men came. No, the wise men followed a star. <laughs> the whole host of heaven's angels invited the shepherds over there. Amen. Oh, they could have went to a king or a queen or a prince or one of these people in higher up and invited them to come and see his one and only son be born. But no, he went to the lowest of the low because they believed in him and they had faith in him. Amen. Amen. See, all these other Pharisees and everybody were relying on their works to get them into heaven, not their faith. Amen. If you ask, how can I show God that I really want to have faith in Him, what's in the definitions? One, you can rely on Him for everything. See, when things ain't looking right, look up. Amen. When things start looking down, you look up to the Lord. And He can give you what you need. You rely on Him for that. Next thing is you need to be loyal to Him. Here's where a lot of people have trouble. Being loyal to God. Being loyal is when you read your Bible every day. You get in it, you study. Being loyal to God is getting up here in your spot every time the door is open. Being loyal to God is doing your daily devotionals in the morning. Being loyal to God is being somebody that He can count on. Amen. Once you learn to become loyal to God, He'll use you in a mighty way, Brian. I promise you that. I found out that. Right here in this little church. I found out being a loyal picking up trasher in his house could turn me into a preacher someday on a stage. Amen. Being loyal to God is what's going to get you somewhere, folks. And the third thing is the serious one is trusting in him. Trusting in him when you throw that last $20 in the collection plate. Trusting in Him when your cars are breaking down and you got one that you got to cram your whole family into to get around. Our little car broke down yesterday on us. The engine blew out, done shot a rod or something. We all crammed up in a Ford Ranger tonight. We going preaching, no praise God. We trusting in God, though, to give us another one. Amen. Pray for us, please. But trusting is God is what's really going to show him that you have faith in him. Amen. You must be loyal to him by showing him complete trust. I'm not talking about, oh, well, God, I'll give you a down payment on my tithes this week, and then next week if i got enough left, I'll give you the other part. It don't work like that, man. Trusting in him is saying, Lord, I'm going to sign up to go do this, but I ain't got the means to do it but uh, will you let me do it let me tell you what trust is if you want to see a prime example of trust look in your Bible and read the story about Mary and how even though she didn't know what was going to happen when the angel Gabriel came to her and said you are going to be pregnant with God's son 
And she said, Behold thy handmaid, let it be as your word. Use me. I don't care if my husband might divorce me over it. I don't care if they might drag me out there to the city square and stone me to death for committing adultery. I don't care what anybody thinks in this whole world. Let it be unto me as you say. How many of us can do anything God tells them to do and not care what the consequences are? Not care what's going to happen to you? Folks, when you get to that point in your life, you got complete trust in God. Amen? Those three ways are ways that you can show God that you got faith in Him. Relying on Him, giving Him trust. <coughs> and being loyal to Him. Whenever He tells you to do something, show up, be, be somebody that He can depend on. Amen? You want to be a Sunday school teacher? Be loyal. How are you going to be a Sunday school teacher if you show up every other Sunday? How are you going to be a Sunday school teacher if you show up Monday morning and not Wednesday night or Sunday night? Amen? Once you start getting loyal and he sees all that, then he can start using you. Amen? Let's move on because I done burn up most of my time on faith. Amen? How many of y'all want to be more faithful to God tonight? Raise your hands. Amen. Praise God, Lord. You see them? Test them now. Can y'all tell Pastor Mark taught me to preach? <laughs> Some of y'all is like, dang, he act like Pastor Mark up there. Amen. All right, now the second eternal gift, which is the greatest gift God gave us, is hope. Amen. How many of y'all here this evening are thankful for the gift of hope in your life? Me. If it wasn't for hope, you wouldn't get out of bed every morning. If it wasn't for hope, you wouldn't be sitting right there in that blue chair. Because people go through hell in life, amen? But you know what? They don't lose hope because they got a blue chair to come sit down in, right? Because they know that God is the answer to all hope, amen? They know that with God there is hope, amen? The definition of Hope, as described in Webster's Dictionary, it says to want something to happen or be true and think it could happen or be true. Let me explain it to you to help you understand a little more about hope. Hope is a lot like faith, except when you have hope, it's like when you got faith, you need something done, you know God's going to do it. That's faith. Hope is when you want something done, you're not quite sure God's going to do it, but you sure are praying pretty hard that He'll do it. That's hope, amen. If it wasn't for hope, we'd all be giving up, amen. If it wasn't for hope, the other day when my car went to clankety-clanking on the side of the road, I'd have got out of that thing and just walked on to who knows where else, amen. I'd have thrown my hands up many times if it wasn't for hope in my life. I'm sure some of you have been through rough situations in life, and if you didn't have hope, you'd have given up and walked out. How many of you ever been around somebody that lost hope? How many of you ever been around somebody that said, it ain't even worth trying no more? There ain't no hope. How many of y'all ever been by somebody like that? Once you get to the stage in that like that in your life, 
it's just about done if you don't make it turn around pretty quick. Amen. Because any time I've ever seen anybody say, there ain't no hope, they throw up their hands, whatever they was hoping for don't happen. Amen. It's a dead end right there. Lots of folks have been hopeless. Amen. Half of the people on the streets out right now are probably hopeless. Amen. You don't need to give up because there's always hope. Never give up. Amen. Always have hope. John, Romans chapter 15 verse 13 says, Now the God of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So according to that scripture, how do we have hope? Through the power of the Holy Ghost, right? He says, you may abound in hope. How? Through the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Through God. So next time you want to give up in life, remember that you got hope in God, so don't give up hope on God. Amen? Praise God for the eternal gift of hope. Hope never runs out. Brother Fred, we always have hope. And thank God we got people like our fathers and, and sisters that will be there to lift us up and help us get on our feet when we fall. The Lord puts them people in your place. That is why it's important for you, my brother and my sister, to come get in your spot right here where you're at and have a, 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 a church family that will support you and help you get through the hard times in your life. Because they help you have hope. Amen. Every one of these men and women sitting right here want to lift you up. Amen. The, the Bible tells us it is our duty to, to build up our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's our duty to offer them words of encouragement and not to, to talk bad about them. Not slander about them. Man, don't come up in a church running your mouth, putting mess on Facebook talking about your brother and your sister and then come sit in a blue chair and want to act like you all holy and everything. Don't be playing church on God. He knows. Don't be playing church on God. It's your job to give your brother and your sister hope. It's your job to lift them up. Amen. Praise God for the eternal gift of hope. And the last one I want to speak to you about this night is the greatest, and it says love, amen. Brothers and sisters, this evening, I want you to know one thing. Just like that song says, love never fails, it never gives up, and it never runs out on us, amen. I don't think I need Webster's Dictionary to help me define that word love, because if old man Webster knew God like I did, I do. If old man Webster knew God like you do, then there ain't no words that can define what love is when you have God in your life, when you got God in your heart. It's unexplainable. So tonight, if I was to give you the definition of love it's three letters it's G-O-D God amen God is love 
Over 2,000 years ago, we received the greatest, greatest gift of love. And his name was baby Jesus. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Whosoever believeth in him will not perish but have everlasting life. It tells us right there in the scriptures, brothers and sisters, that God loved us so much that he sent his only son that all we have to do is believe or have faith in him and we'll have everlasting life. Jesus is the ultimate Christmas gift, brothers and sisters. He is love. And my question to you tonight is do you have him in your heart? Do you know Jesus Christ? Are you willing to accept that greatest gift, which is love, which is God? And it's an eternal gift, as the scriptures say. Do you want to accept him in your heart if you haven't ever accepted him? Tonight's your chance. I ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Father, we come before you tonight, Lord, and just, I want to thank you so much for all those years ago, Lord, you knew that there was no hope for anybody on this earth, God. You knew that our works couldn't get us to heaven. You knew that you had to send your son down here to die on that cross and have his blood shed so that it could wash away our sins, Lord, and make us holy so that we may be able to enter into your presence, Father, on the day that you call us home, Lord. Father, today, I just pray if there's somebody in this church that has never prayed and asked you to come into their heart and save them, that tonight they'll pray this prayer after me right where they sit silently and say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. Jesus, I know you came and you died on that cross over 2,000 years ago. You came, you were born in a, in a, and laid in a stable and laid in a manger from a virgin named Mary. You lived a, pers a, a normal life just like I did, Lord. But you died on that cross. You gave up your life so that I could be free from eternal damnation. Father, you gave me the eternal gift of life when you died on that cross. Tonight, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my heart and save me. Please forgive me of my sins. And tonight, Jesus... I make you my personal Lord and Savior. Whatever head bowed and every eye closed, if there's one here tonight that prayed that prayer, you don't have to get up and come out of your seat, but if you don't mind, just slip your hand up where you're at and let me see if you prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, tonight I realize as we go through this Christmas season, Father, things might get a little hectic, Lord, and we might kind of lose our sight on you. And kind of forget that we need to have that faith to pull us through. We need to have the trust and give loyalty, Father, to you. And we got to believe in you. Some of us lose sight. Some of us slip off track in the past few weeks. And maybe some of us tonight need to get back on track, Father, and start living our lives the way we should and renew our uh, our relationship with you and we dedicate ourselves I pray if there's any here tonight that 
maybe need to do that, they'll pray this after me where they're at silent and say, Jesus, I know lately that I haven't been living the way I should. Stress has been overcoming me. Things are getting hard around here, and Lord, I don't know what I need to do, but after tonight's message, I realize there's still hope. And I just got to put all my faith and my trust in you tonight. Jesus, I want to ask you tonight to forgive me, and I want to rededicate myself to you. I rededicate myself to you, Lord, in your name I pray, Jesus. But every head bowed and eyes closed, if you prayed that prayer tonight, slip up a hand where you are. Amen, amen, amen. I see you. Thank you. Father, tonight I just praise you, and I thank you for the time we've had, Lord. I pray tonight that everybody will just get their focus right now off of the presence and all the lights. If they weren't able to get their kids as much as they want, let them not worry about that, Father. All that matters is they got their kids. All that matters is they have their families. And, Father, I just pray right now that they'll just focus on you because, Jesus, you're the reason for the season. It's in your holy, precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. I want to wish all y'all a Merry Christmas tonight. I don't get to do it before. And also, one more thing I forgot to say before we leave. Uh, Wednesday night at 6 o'clock, if you're interested in being in the adults' choir, please show up for practice, okay? Y'all are dismissed. Have a blessed week. See y'all Wednesday.